All right, welcome back to Table Talk. This is your healthy theological radio addiction. We're in Matthew 24, and verse 14, Adam read earlier, where Jesus says this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. Now, Clint, your, your, your mother, your spiritual mother, is the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Now, in general, how has your mother taught this verse? Um, in general, you must go out and tell everyone the good news about Jesus, and as soon as you do your part, then the end of the world will happen. It is all up to you. Um, the, the great obligation, you are obliged to do mission work, and God can't come until you do your part. So this is this is this is a uh, so this verse has been used as a what's the right word I'm trying club. To? <laughs> okay, you're, I was trying to speak of a kinder word. Well, it's been used by a club, and you know, again, as a club, we're right? we're um, as a weapon almost, if uh, you will. Yeah, as but a weapon, as a club, as a uh, as a guilt-producing mechanism. And this is the kind of uh, false theology that comes out of uh, some in the missions department. You said, how have I experienced it in the Lutheran Church, Missouri? Yeah, because you're big with missions. Is it Um, the centralized part of the missions department? This is, uh, well, I'll just come right out and say it. This is is the theology of Mission Central. And uh, a a wonderful layman who is uh, well-intended but uh, completely misguided, uh, Gary Teese. Much loved, much beloved man in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. I have heard him publicly say just exactly what I said, uh, and I know that he has preached this from many pulpits in in and around uh, the Midwest, not only Nebraska, but Iowa, South Dakota, Kansas uh, as well. This is, this is the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod Gospel. I want to make sure I understand what you said correctly and for the clarification of our listeners so that they, they understand. What you're, so generally speaking, people in the Missouri Synod have taken this text, Matthew 24, verse 14, and have used it as motivation. I'll, put the, I'll use a uh, best construction here. Motivation to go out and proclaim the gospel to everyone because until we get that job done, the end won't come, correct? Correct. Okay. Correct. So it it's up our, to us. It is our fault that Jesus has not come because we have not done a good job of mission work and proclaiming the gospel. So this, you know, the Lutherans like to talk about the proper distinction between the law and the gospel. So in your opinion, Adam, in what, Clint has said, is, is this text been used as law to show sin, uh, to reveal sin, or has it been used as gospel? Uh, more often than not, it's used as law, I would say. Okay. Definitely. Have you, have you guys experienced what I said? Am I alone the one that has experienced this, or um, have you experienced this uh, teaching with regard to mission in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, in your time as a Lutheran. Well, I'm yeah. an old, uh, yeah, and I'm an old man. I mean, I've been around forever. I mean, I, I remember the days. You're not as old as me. Quit, I, get off of it. You don't know how old I am. Seriously, you really don't. I'm second career. You don't know a bloody thing about my life. You think you do. So I'm an old man. And uh, I, I remember the days, and Clint, you'll remember this too, because you're getting older, like me. <laughs> 
You remember the days of Oscar Foyt, who wrote a very popular book that was published in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod called Everyone a Minister. And I'll bet, generally speaking, almost every congregation in the Missouri Synod that has a church library will have a copy or several copies of that book in its library, as well as many people still today in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod still have this book in their own libraries. So when you ask the question, if I experienced this, yes, in spades. And folks, I'm not encouraging you to read the, the book by Foyt, Everyone a Minister, but I want just simply to expose people to the fact that Oscar Foyt, in his dedication of his book, he dedicates it to three individuals. One, of course, is C.F.W. Walther. And then, of course, ironically, he never quotes Walther once in the book. And then he quotes his, his or pardon me, he dedicates <coughs> his book to two missionaries. And uh, bottom line, Oscar Foyk's book is, is running with this prop prop presupposition, namely, that we can't carry out the Great Commission of Matthew 28 if we simply rely on the professionals, namely you ringnecks. When I say ringneck, I mean these guys that wear these white clerical collars or these tabs that they wear you know we can't we can't get the gospel proclaimed to the whole world and the end won't come if we simply rely on the professionals so what we've got to do is we've got to empower everybody to do the matthew 28 job and then of course then the end will come i always think that's interesting too i mean you stop and think about it. I, i've been asked this question in confirmation many times you know what about the people who haven't heard the gospel yet and that relates to this you know when we finally get the gospel to everybody then we'll do it but have you ever stopped to consider who hasn't heard the gospel yeah i have yeah, yeah. The, how many people do you think we have seven almost eight billion people in the world and maybe twenty thousand uncontacted people in south america that haven't heard the gospel and so i think all these things are that's that argument about when we get this done, the world will come to an end. We're there. Now, just historically speaking, why would an Oscar Foyt, why, why would he, <laughs> uh, stuff's going on, you know, behind, it, I don't know, in any event, why would, this, why would an Oscar Foyt teach us? Well, in the, th in the 30s and 40s and 50s, especially in the World Council of Churches, with a Reformed theologian by the name of Henrik, Henrik Kramer. I believe that's his name. I'm doing this off the top of my head. This kind of teaching was being taught. And when you'd have World Council of Churches conferences, there would be Missouri Senate delegates that would attend, etc. Like one in particular that was held in New Delhi, and uh, one of the Missouri Senate missionaries, Danker, attended, and he came back and he wrote an article after attending one of the uh, faith and life order, I think it was, in New Delhi, he came back and wrote a big article in the Missouri Senate and said, finally, finally, you know, the church is finally getting her act together and we're going to proclaim the gospel to the entire world. I'm paraphrasing so that the end will come. This was the whole milieu starting at the turn of the last century. That's an interesting study. You know, the YMCA and all this stuff, the, the student mission associations get started at the turn of the last century. This is part of why this happens. Now, let's not, so people don't misunderstand. Are we against missions? No. We're all for mission work. But what's the point of Matthew 24, verse 14? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be provocative. I'm going to say that it's a promise of our Lord Jesus Christ to comfort his church that as she goes out and proclaims the gospel, she will be hated. People will put you to death. You will be, you know, 
And so if you endure to the end, you will be saved. And guess what? Verse 14 continues with this promise, namely, that despite the persecution, despite the hardship and all the things, all the crosses that you're going to have to endure as the church, I will make sure, Jesus is saying here in verse 14, the gospel will be proclaimed as a witness to the world, and I will come. Now, if you're picking up what I just threw down, that's a whole different matrix. Instead of being guilt-tripped, now you are comforted by the Lord Jesus Christ who makes a promise, and then you see you can rely and keep him to his word of promise. And so that's certain and sure. The Lord has promised, I'm going to make sure that the gospel is going to get preached as a witness to the world, and the end will come. I hope that makes sense. And it's exactly what you see in the world, right? I mean, starting with the book of Acts, uh, to bring that up again, that's what happens. And the beautiful thing about the book of Acts, when it describes that is, Luke says, in the last book, I talked about all the things that Jesus began to do, as if in this book, Acts, this is what Jesus is continuing to do. And as Christians, that's what we see today, right? It's God is continuing to do the work of the church. We say it in the small catechism, the Holy Spirit calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the entire church on earth and keeps it with Jesus Christ. But as for me, I cannot, by my own reason or strength, do these things. Yep, and you're exactly right. Read the book of Acts. I think that's a great commentary on Matthew 24, 14. The Lord Jesus is continuing to make sure that the gospel gets proclaimed as a witness to the nations. Acts 2, we just celebrated Pentecost a couple of weeks ago. And lo and behold, there you have it. The Lord Jesus does what he says. He pours out his Holy Spirit as he prophesied it with Joel. And he equips these men to proclaim the gospel in languages of people from all over the world. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so this if, is wonderful. If yeah. if I can uh, if I can ask a question here, why is it wrong or bad to use a verse like this from Matthew twenty four as a law motivation to get people to go out and tell the good news about Jesus? Because the law doesn't motivate me to do anything. Okay, expand <laughs> expand on that. The law should, as, as, because I'm a sinner. I still have the old Adam around my neck. The law's main task is to show me my sin, you see. It doesn't motivate me to do any of this. <laughs> Instead, it shows me that I fail. Now, how do I know this? Well, as a pastor, I have times where I have the opportunity for people to come, and if they want to confess their sin to me in private or individually, they can do so, and I, can, I will absolve them of their sin. And I'm not, I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not divulging sin in particular here, but this is, this is what people confess. They have been guilt-tripped in the Missouri Synod by what you raised in the, 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 the bad interpretation of this text. In other words, here's what's at stake. People in the Missouri Synod have been taught to believe that they are unfaithful to God and unfaithful to mission when they do their vocation as mom and dad and make sure that they, they bring their kids to baptism and Sunday school and church and that they, have, they pray with them at home. That's not good enough. That's not good enough. The Lord's not pleased with that. You've got to do more. That's the problem here, you see. People, their, their consciences have been burdened wrongly. You want to talk outpoping the Pope? We've outpoped the Pope. What do I mean? Generally speaking, people in the Missouri Senate, they'll confess sins that they're forced to confess sins that they don't, don't commit. You've seen this in creative worship folders or services sure. where the beginning of the service is people come to a, a service and you have this creative confession of sin 
which, which is very unwise because then specific sins are mentioned in these creative services of confession. And what's the number one sin in almost every one of them? I haven't done evangelism work enough. Uh, and right now, it's probably I'm a racist. That's that's probably in the yeah. contemporary yeah. milieu, yeah. Uh, because we all have to fit into that. And so, um, to to kind of wrap a wrap a, a bow around this, when I witness my faith, when I support missions, either personally or by my checkbook. Um, this is a joyous response to the gospel of Jesus Christ, a joyous response to the fact that I am forgiven by the blood of Jesus. That's a trust. It's trust in our Lord Jesus Christ who makes this promise that he will see to it that the gospel gets proclaimed to all the world as a witness. That's what I'm trying to say. And I've whether I do it or not. Well, here's the point. The, the one gospel of the ways, goes forth. <laughs> one of the ways the Lord gets this job done and keeps his promise is that he uses the church in general, and the church in specific. So pastors do it in their vocation. Parents do it in their vocation. Evangelists do it in their vocation. Missionaries in their vocation. Don't pit one against the other. And don't, don't give people the impression that if they teach their children the word of God and take them to church, that they're not doing enough. Good God, that's a full-time job. <laughs> Amen. Well, stay Lutheran, my friends. The stars creak, I should sleep, it's keeping me awake.